Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? L.J., doing good. Uh, Finally, the both of us back on a show together. Uh, Certainly nice. Uh, as we sit down a little bit earlier, of course, on Sunday nights to record. But uh, yeah, LJ, we're doing we're switching to a little bit of a new format here that we're going to at least try out for a couple of weeks and see how it works. But LJ and I are both pretty happy with this choice that we've made. LJ, if you'd like to sort of uh, explain a little. Yeah, so effectively, really, the only switch we're making here is we are taking the game recaps of each game of the day out entirely um if anyone has a genuine problem with this please tweet at us let us know if this is if this is your main way of um finding out about these games please go ahead and say something however i highly doubt that the majority of people who listen are only finding out about what happened in the games from this show. Again, please tell us if you do. But yeah, that's basically what we're going to find. I mean, overall, we have a pretty good feeling. We think a sense for what our base is and the majority of them we don't think would necessarily need a recap of every single game. It also allows multiple 
episodes to be listened to in a single day. So overall, this makes a better, better podcast content, more time for us to talk about the hard-hitting stories that matter. We won't leave anything news-related untouched in a day. And overall, it can bring you a better experience. Again, if you if you missed a day or want to go back and listen to a second a second day in a row, you don't have to listen to games that are pointless. Like if you, I, I highly doubt that you, I, I highly doubt I would want to listen to recaps of games from three days ago. Brandon, would you? No, it seems a little pointless. Yeah. So yeah. overall, that's what it brings us a little more streamlined content and higher quality. Cause we can focus on the things that really matter. Yeah. And also I think you make a good point. Like, yeah, the people who, who listen to the show, I mean, if this is, if this is your main way of learning about what happened in the game, please tweet at us, contact us some in some way on, 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 on social media. But I really think that you're not going to be missing much still. I mean, we're still covering the game every single day. We still have to find things to talk about. Not that LJ and I have a problem doing that, but there's going to be stories from games every day. Like we're, we still have, quite a few series we want to talk about that concluded this weekend uh, to talk about along with other news. So you will still get your fix with, with games and individual stat lines and performances and all that. So uh, yeah, really, I think that the show could will flow a lot better and uh, we're going to be spending more time talking about the news topics instead of the games, which I, I feel will lead to a lot better analysis and, content really in general absolutely so why don't we go ahead and kick this off with the big story of the day and that is adam frazier of the pittsburgh pirates will be heading to the west coast to the san diego padres as they start loading up for a postseason push yes the padres acquire uh I'd say one of the more sought after players on the trade market, a pickup all-star second baseman, Adam Frazier in a four player swap uh, with Pittsburgh. Uh, the Pirate, the Padres send Tucapita Marcano, uh, who's an infielder and an outfielder can kind of play everywhere. Jack Sawinski and right-hander Michael Mil- Miliano, uh, those are the prospects that are going to the Pirates in the deal. And uh, the Pirates are sending $1.4 million along with Adam Frazier to San Diego. Uh, and LJ, we saw uh, Padres GM AJ Preller make a flurry of moves in the offseason. Uh, could this be the start of a flurry of moves here uh, right at the trade deadline? Is that is fastly approaching as it is midnight on Monday and it it concludes on Friday. I certainly think that a a couple more deals from the Padres are more than more than just likely they will happen. I mean, this team really, they could use some bullpen help. They could use particularly another impact starter, particularly Blake Snell has not been everything that was advertised. Granted, you got him for little to nothing, so you can't really complain with what you're getting. However, this isn't the same guy that we've seen in years past. So 
if you're able to go out and grab another impact arm for that starting rotation and you can walk into the playoffs with you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Ryan the Weathers, and X player, you're going to be in a really, really good spot to try to slug with some of these teams. You're going to be in a good spot to push past one or maybe two of these other teams in the division. Five and a half games is not out of reach for the Padres on the Giants. Granted, the Giants have been playing so great, but they could certainly get there. More more importantly, they can certainly grab home field advantage from the Dodgers in that one game wild card. Well, let's talk a little more about um, this actual trade. Okay. So, yeah, I was going to say, of course, I want to get there because I really like this uh, return for the Pirates, if, I, if I'm them, because it gives them a really good variety of all the things they need, honestly. I mean, in terms of what you've got here, let's go through. You've got the the arm. Looks to be great out more as a relief pitcher. Right-hander Mitchell Milan has, has yet to play above high A. However, we're talking about a 15-plus strikeout per nine guy in the farm system. Anytime you see that, that is a great sign. That's exactly what teams love to see out of these guys it means that they're able to get the stuff done they have the stuff they just need a little bit more evening out era does not mean nearly as much to teams when they're evaluating prospects from a statistic standpoint as their per nines do it tells really more a lot of what they're doing out there so this guy seems to be be pretty very strong over the past couple year or past two years that he's been 19 and 21 and every level he's played on has come to some form of success from that standpoint. Um, Jack Sawinski, everything I'm seeing here again, another decent potential bat here hasn't played above double a, so we don't have a ton of looks for him so far, but in 66 games in San Antonio this year, he's slashing 269, 398, and 551 but the more interesting piece for me right now is the allure of a guy like uh Tukapita Marcano who of course you've got second base can play the outfield has has some time on the major league level which I think is the most important thing for this team right now not only do they now need a second baseman without Frazier but you could use some guys that are kind of ready to come up and play and kind of ready to come up and learn on the fly. And that's something uh, Tukapita can really do here. Um, I don't have games started, but I mean, he only was able to get into 25 games with the Padres this year. I have no clue how many he was on the roster for. Um, I have that now, actually. Of the 16 games he's got with them this season, he has started nine of them. So he isn't getting in the lineup. If you get him in the lineup with the Pirates, not only could you see a lot of growth, but season by season, as you still work through this rebuild, he could end up being a decent role player for you when all is said and done, once he fully grows and matures. I'm going to take a bit of a more contrarian view on the return the Pirates guy here. I don't like it entirely, really. Um, 
Sure, I understand that these two teams did make a deal back in the offseason for Joe Musgrove and the Padres did uh, they did give up quite a few prospects to get him, but this is an all-star starter in the National League here. And the Padres don't have to give up a single one of their top 30 prospects in the organization. I mean, if you're Pittsburgh, is this really the best offer you got? Because you also had to pay $1.4 million just to get this deal. I mean, I guess the Pirates are absolutely huge on Tucapita Marcano because the Padres weren't willing to deal him in the Joe Musgrove deal earlier in the year. However, I just I feel like if you're trading a player of Adam Fraser's caliber, especially who is still under arbitration and has another year of arbitration next year prior to him being a free agent, you need to at least get a top 20 prospect within the organization. I feel like getting three guys who are outside the top 30 just doesn't cut it. And look, I don't want to, I'm not trying to sound like the asshole here, but I just, I, I don't know if I entirely like that. And I mean, Tucapita Marcano is really young. Could he turn out to be a good player? Sure, but there's a lot of teams that were interested in Adam Frazier, and I'm just, I find it hard to believe that this was really the best offer that they got. At the same time, though, a lot of teams were interested in Adam Frazier, but is Adam Frazier really worth that much? I'm not an aficionado on Adam Frazier's statistics season by season. However, this is really the first time I can remember him being of any note. Of course, first time all-star. This is his first season since 2018 in which he's had an above average OPS plus. Granted, we're talking about his best year of his career. He's 29 that still could be fine. However, I think a lot of teams were probably when they engaged with, with them on him, we're looking at this guy as a one-year breakout guy, not somebody that they thought was going to be a franchise piece or anything, which is how you review a lot of all-stars. This is a guy to me that I think he has reached his ceiling right now where he is. So maybe on a contract year at tw- age 29, some teams are very hesitant to give a huge payday to a second or payday for a second baseman who they don't see as a long-term superstar for them. Yeah. You know, I do, I do understand that. Uh, I, I think the Padres certainly got a really good deal here. Now look, those prospects, like, of course, like I don't know anything about these prospects that they're trading for. The, the Pirates probably have pages upon pages of scouting reports, very, very detailed about each and every one of those guys that they're trading for. That, that I'm not concerned about. I just We've seen the Pirates front office do some weird stuff in the past, especially when they don't get a lot of support from their ownership. They kind of really, they kind of need to hit on these trades and they don't have a good history of doing so on hitting on trades where they're trading away star players, uh, just saying so. Yeah, but again, this is a still feels to me like a relatively new majority group in that front office where they haven't been able to actually tear it down. 
the goal over the past couple of years was this weird soft reboot limbo thing that everyone outside of Pittsburgh knew was going to fail epically. So now you're in a position where you are pretty much forced to rebuild and you can work things in a lot different way than they've been operating over the past couple of years. So, yeah, I guess my point being, I can completely understand how they got to this return from what they had in Adam Frazier. And I'd like, I'd like to see this group work for another year or two and then look at what caliber of prospects they have coming up in the farm system before I pass too much judgment. Very fair. Yeah. Like, like it's way too early. I'd say to, you know, start, start giving grades and stuff on these trades just because you, we have, we have no idea. I mean, there's two 21 year olds that just got dealt. So those guys are eight years behind the career path of Adam Frazier. So it's just, that's why baseball is a cool sport because it's, it's a long-term sport. It takes a long time to really see how things plan out uh, for teams. But, but yeah, the other big story of the day came from the Padres as well, as they report that they are not done yet with this Adam Frazier deal. They're going to go after more, particularly in the starting pitching variety, as we already discussed. Brandon, what else do you think they're going to go get? Uh, I mean, there's like, here's the thing about the Padres starting pitching right now. They have a five that are healthy that is pretty good. I mean, you Darvish is your one. You figure Joe Musgrove is your two with the way he's been pitching this year. I guess you could sneak Blake Snell in as a three because he's a lefty. He's shown he can do it in the postseason. Uh, and he has pretty good strikeout to walk numbers. He is walking a lot of guys, but striking out a lot as well. And I'll throw Ryan Weathers in there as well. And let's not forget about Chris Paddock, Denelson Lamette, who is coming back from injury very soon and will most likely be in the bullpen to start. They have a good amount of pitchers who can go innings. So, uh, you know, I don't know exactly who they're targeting or what they could be targeting. Sure, could they go out and get a top-tier starter? Like, I don't know, maybe a name like Kyle Gibson comes to mind. Like, could they go out and get a top-tier starter, uh, top-tier within the pitchers that are on the market? Absolutely. But do I think that they're going to try to splash someone like a Max Scherzer? No, I don't. And also, we have to remember, I believe they're trying to stay under the luxury tax. They probably want to go over it this offseason. And, um, you know, they can't really pick up too much more in salary Uh prior to going over the tax. The Tatis deal really does help them out a lot with it increasing by so much every year from now on. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see. Uh, I really don't know who or what they could be targeting here, but they say they're not done making deals. Well, yeah, honestly, I don't I don't I don't care what they have. But they say they're going after a starting pitcher, they're going after a starting pitcher. And I'm sorry Blake Snell this year you're going into this postseason with the expectation of winning that's what you've put this team together for Blake Snell is not a winning pitcher right now so in my opinion they're going after a lefty starter and they're going to probably find one in a guy that Graham Wallace talked about just 
technically last week. Yes, last week in our MLB Daily Extra Content with Graham Wallace trade deadline talk. And that is left-hander Matthew Boyd of the Tigers. Overall, I think that's a fine fit. That is a fine fit if you're putting him in at a not even the three. I'll give him the four. I will put I will pull Ryan Weathers up into that three hole and give Matthew Boyd the four, but still a three four four ERA this year, seven strikeouts per nine, a one twenty four ERA plus. That is that is more than solid and something I think they could pull relatively easily. He's making six and a half a year prorated would be somewhere what around two and a half. Yeah, about that. Um, so that I think is certainly a very doable option. I'm also going to fight you on the possibility of a Max Scherzer deal and think it's not that far off. If this team really thinks that this is the core that's going to compete. Now I'm going to pause there and say, they have to really think deep on this one because once you, Brandon, you've seen this with the Yankees. I've seen it with the Red Sox. Once you start going above that, luxury tax it's not that you can't make moves and you can't continue to sign people however you're pretty much locked into the 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 team you have as a whole if you're going above that luxury tax you have to commit to winning right now you're not going to just stay there for years and years until you eventually get everything in place so if they think that this team that they've got out here this core Jake Cronenworth Fernando Tatis um, Manny Machado of course Eric Hosmer, you name the guy, really insert him wherever. If they think this group is good enough, I say, why not go over the tax now? You can easily do it. You can easily win in the next couple of years. So just, I don't, I don't think the extra year hurts them that much. And this might be your best opportunity to get Max Scherzer. You have now, you just said, Brandon, they've, not giving up a single player out of their top 30 prospects in that last deal. They also, if I am correct, have not given up a top 100 prospect in any of these major deals that they've done in the past year, or at least a top 50 prospect. Yeah. So they have three top 50 prospects, uh, but only four top 100 prospects. So they traded away a lot to get Snell and you, you Darvish. A lot of those get fringe top 100 guys. They still have quite a good core left, but you're right. They, they, still, they, have, they still have quite a good core left. So you haven't given up your big tickets. If you think that you can project Max Scherzer into being the next three years, a plus-plus pitcher, not maybe not your ace, but a two or a three for the next couple of years, I say, why not put a piece in? Because that piece might be what gets you over the top. It feels like this year with the amount of options that you have, with how much of a buyer's market it is, teams are willing to look at any minor flaw in these guys to talk their price down. Max Scherzer's age and the fact that he's on an expiring deal are going to go greatly against him. And so if you were to include one of these guys in here, I think that could easily put you over the edge. You then have him in your system. He is a free agent of yours going into the offseason, and that only makes it even easier to give him a two- or three-year extension. So I, I, I really, I mean, I understand the hesitancy to go over the 
the luxury tax line. I understand the hesitancy to bring in an aging pitcher like that, or even to sign an aging pitcher. However, Scherzer hasn't shown any sign of slowing down. This team is ready, thinks they're ready to win. I think there's no better time than the present. I mean, it would, I would, it would really be interesting if the Padres traded for Scherzer and then re-signed him this offseason. That would be interesting. I, I just, I don't think they sign him to a contract. I really don't. I just, I don't think it's that age is going to go much against Max Scherzer because he's Max Scherzer. And we're seeing guys like like Nelson Cruz, a guy like Rich Hill. Pitchers can still be good when they're older. Yeah, him being 37, 36 right now. Actually, it's his it's his birthday tomorrow. Uh, so he'll be 37 tomorrow. Uh, it, tomorrow is in – oh, wait, it's already past midnight. So, yeah, tomorrow. Uh, he'll, yeah, he'll be 37 tomorrow. Like, sure, that – that when you hear that that age, yeah, it's old for for a baseball player. But it, this is Max Scherzer, like his agent, which I'm pretty sure he has Scott Boris. I mean, we are and we all know Scott Boris uh, loves to oh, no. <laughs> completely hype up his clients, whatever you know, get them the the absolute best deal possible. We've seen him wait it out with his clients too, like with Bryce Harper, completely wait it out. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Scherzer is certainly interesting, but we'll, let's save the Scherzer talk for uh, later because we do have something planned for him. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon, you want to take away with this next section? Sure. So uh, this is the Minnesota Twins. Uh, some news coming out of there that they were unable to reach an extension with uh, really, their franchise cornerstone center fielder in Byron Buxton, uh, which more than likely means now that the Twins are going full sell-off, they're unable to reach an extension with their star player. So they might as well just trade him now and trade away any kind of assets they have. The Twins have an, have an okay farm system. It could certainly be a lot better. They're in no position to compete right now. Might as well trade away these guys while you can and just go full rebuild because we see in the MLB, I made this comparison the other day. It is not like the NBA where you can just be mediocre year after year and think you're going to compete. 10 teams make the playoffs and four of those teams get thrown into a game seven immediately. So one game and you're done for is what for the team's uh, situation that they get put in. The other six are locked in, but it is just a sport where you need to be building for the future. And right now it makes so much sense for the twins to trade away whatever they can, especially with, with Buxton clearly not wanting to stay. They can't agree to get him to stay. He's a free agent after next year. He's going to walk if it, if it gets to there. Might as well trade him now. Brandon, uh, I agree that the Twins should trade him. However, have you seen any rumor of what they were offering him? Uh, yes, yeah, $73 million oh. over seven years. And then it, it says imp- the final guarantee increased to $80 million. Byron Buxton is an idiot. 
you are the dumbest man alive to think this. First off, I'm going to challenge you on the fact that he is a star. Was he the corner cornerstone of this Minnesota team? Yes. However, this Minnesota team was built on a clearly cracked foundation, figuratively and literally, because you can't tell me that this guy is a star. This is, this is overall hype that was built on an incredible first month. That, that, that's what that entire hype train was built upon, in my opinion, because before that, you just had all of, you had a lot of stat guys, a lot of big MLB junkies like us, I'm not excluding myself from that, who got up on their soapbox and screamed about how good this guy was. Yes, he was good. However, I cannot justify you being a star when you have one season of, of your above average hitting seasons, only one of them you played more than half the games. Of your seven years in the MLB, only three times have you played above half the games. Only and once two of them played more than 100 games. Yeah, two of those times were 87 and 92. You're barely scratching being over half. This guy has only had one complete season, and it was one of his worst. It was a below average season at best at the plate. It was incredibly disappointing for anyone who talked about him. I believe they made the wild card that year, well, and he was, he was supposed to be 23. Like, I would cut him a break on that in that one. No, 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 he's I know. He's starting to turn but, into a good hitter. Like, since 2019, he's hit his stride, but yes, you know, and he, he, he just he can't was, stay healthy. Yes. So by that logic, you take the guaranteed money you get. If you're getting $80 million, that's great. In, in this day and age where teams are throwing a hissy fit over one minor potential foot injury you could have later on in your career because of some minor reoccurring in history of it, then they're going to find any reason not to give you money. Granted, he's been a great player. But the fact that he has not played more than 50 games in one, two, three, four out of his seven seasons, or more than half of the seasons, he hasn't played more than 50 games. That is going to be a huge knock on him. I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to 80 million guaranteed by any other team other than the Minnesota Twins. He should have signed it, taken the bag while he had it. You know, I think he honestly might want to take a pay cut to go somewhere else. I just don't think he wants to be in Minnesota. And look, this is probably going to end up on the TikTok, what I'm saying right now, so I'll try to phrase it very carefully. The Twins just cannot get it done. And I don't know if it's this ownership group or this front office, but Year after year after year, yes, they've made the playoffs, and yes, they've had some heartbreaking losses, and a lot of them to my Yankees, which, look, had the Twins beat us in one of those series, I would have been pissed because I don't – I've never looked at the Twins as a very forward-thinking baseball franchise. And I think it's pretty evident with some of the moves that they made this offseason that they really don't have the – the best ideas in their mind now at the trade deadline i think they've started to get the idea trading nelson cruz made complete sense 
Now trading a guy like Jose Barrios, Byron Buxton, Taylor Rogers, those three guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. This is where you can like set up your building block, get a bunch of key prospects because you know that you're going to be able to get at least something. I know that Byron Buxton, teams are going to want Byron Buxton. They see what he's done the last couple of years. They figure if he, if only he can stay healthy. And yes, his long-term risk, extremely high. I mean, it's so risky to take on this guy for the long-term, but he's averaged 5.2 war per 162 games for his career. I mean, he certainly, when he's healthy, is producing. He's basically hitting the prime of his career here. He's only 27. He's an incredible center fielder. It would make the most sense here for the Twins to to offload him, especially because if they're not going to sign him, there's there's absolutely no point to um, keep him through here. And if you're going to trade him, well, then you might as well trade everyone else if you already traded a Nelson Cruz as well. That's that's just how I see it. If you're going to go all in, you might as well do it right now. Yeah, I just – the only thing stopping them or would have any hesitation or may look make this look like a bad deal is the fact that Byron Buxton is out with a fractured left hand right now. Like, if I were the Red Sox, I'd be all in on this if you could guarantee me that I'm going to get at least the last 30 games of the season injury free from him. Like if you could give me the, the month of September and the postseason without much injury issues, then I'd be totally fine with it. I'd be on board with giving something up because having him for the, push having him in the playoffs he is a dis- difference maker however if you can't guarantee me that he isn't going to have another health issue this year then that's going to become a problem well i absolutely agree and uh now you know i think it is time that we uh take a break but we will be right back uh after this All right, welcome back to MLB Daily. Uh, Continuing on with today's show, we're not going to get into a few of the series that happened this weekend, a few ones that we found interesting, and 
Well, uh, of course, LJ's a Red Sox fan. I'm a Yankees fan, so I feel like we kind of have to talk about that series. If you would like to hear my thoughts from game one of the series, I was there at Fenway Park. Go and check out Friday's episode. Uh, but, yeah, so today the Yankees, Domingo Herman gets the start. He pitches uh, into the eighth inning with a no-hitter. Red Sox could not touch him the entire day. Aaron Boone calls on Jonathan Lewisaga, does allow quite a few hits in the bottom of the eighth. He's allowed three hits to the first three batters. Boone chooses to leave him out there to die, allows more hits, brings in Zach Britton, who uh, does actually end up pitching technically a clean inning, but just overall uh, horrible management today. Uh, I think that the guys on the Talking Yanks podcast summed it up the best. So go and check it out. Then they did more of an analytical breakdown on Aaron Boone's bullpen management. Uh, go check out what they had to say about it because they can do a lot better explaining it than I, than I can. But basically, Jonathan Mawizaga, this guy, it's only his second game since he had COVID. And LJ and I talked prior to the season quite a bit about we were interested to see the effects that COVID has on these athletes, not only immediately after getting it, but in the future. Sure, Loisaga, yeah, he didn't have very many symptoms, but he was trapped in a hotel room in Houston during the whole All-Star break for a week and a half longer than his teammates were. They went and played three more series or two, one more series part of the All-Star break he had to sit there in Houston and watch the team in Seattle. So I feel for the guy. Aaron Boone, not bringing in your ground ball pitcher, though, when you have a chance to set up a double play is ludicrous. It's like they just – they go with their philosophy that has never been proven to be right instead of just going with the logical move. Look, props to the Red Sox. They hit the hell out of the ball in the bottom of the eighth, really jumped on the bullpen, and it shows that this Red Sox team is built for the postseason. You need to have these types of games in you where, sure, you're getting shut down for the first eight innings, but a new pitcher comes in. Red Sox attitude at the plate certainly didn't change. Uh, as for the Yankees, four games over 500. Uh, I cannot wait until the day in, uh, in August when I can, when we, we don't have to worry about this being meaningful baseball anymore, and we can just sit back and watch the Yankees, at least me, because it, there it, it's just just throw in the towel already. It's like, look, LJ. Here's the funny thing, and I'll, then I'll let you talk because I am going a little long winded here. Had the Yankees won today, we would have won eleven of our last fourteen games. That's pretty good, right? It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. So we've still won 10 of our last 14. However, this is the worst the fan base has been all year. Winning these games, sure, is great. But when, you're, when you never win a game convincingly, when probably less than half of our 51 wins this year have been convincingly, that's where the problem is. And that's why people are mad at this team, because it's honestly a terrible watch. I, there's probably 20, 20 teams I would rather watch on a nightly basis than the Yankees just based on player excitement. There's just not 
It's not exciting, this team, whatsoever. Actually, Gary Sanchez hitting his second career triple today uh, was very exciting. Brandon Workman can take the L on that one. Never thought that I'd say Gary Sanchez hit another triple. But it's just it's 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 just embarrassing at this point. You completely burned possibly Domingo Herman's best start of his entire career. And I mean, there's not much more to say. The Yankees got two against Tampa starting on Tuesday. Uh yeah, that's gonna be uh very, very interesting. Look, I think the thing is, you've won 10 out of your last 14. The reason the fan base is, isn't excited is because not, not as, or as much as it is because this team isn't exciting, they're upset because you've won 10 out of your last 14 and you're only four games above 500. And you were supposed to be not only winning the division this year, but playing in the World Series for like the next three years. So it's... Um, this is an absolute de- destruction of expectations. The reason I chuckled there for a minute when you were saying, I can't wait to not be playing meaningful baseball in August is because if you remember me in the beginning of the year, this is a complete flip because all I desperately wanted were meaningful games in August. <laughs> After watching the Red Sox not play a single one, a single meaningful game in August, even though the season started on July 24th last year so it's just oh how the turntables as one michael scott might say um in that regard but i can understand the frustration you have there in terms of philosophy because alex cora's philosophy has nearly killed us multiple times over the past couple of weeks and i'm not 100 percent sure if i bought in on it Brandon, no disrespect to the Yankees for the win, comeback win last night, or not last night, two nights ago. I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch it. I actually was at my first rodeo, which was fun. But his actual um, first I, I rodeo, not no no actual, pun intended, no pun intended. It will no longer be my first rodeo next time. <laughs> um, honestly, nine out of ten, so much fun. Would recommend. Um, barrel racing's the bomb, but. Anyway, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, I didn't get to see the game. However, I can already tell, even before I watched the highlights, I could tell exactly how it went when I looked at that box box score. Because this is the same problem we've had through the entire Alex Cora era, which is he, on a pretty regular basis, sticks with starters way too long. Like, everybody I've talked to that watched the game the consensus is that Evaldi should not have been out there in the eighth. And that's no, at least not, not even close. Like not, he, he should have been done after seven innings, but then Ottavino kind of just sold for you guys anyway. So. Yeah. But like at the same time, I'm not going to entirely blame him because I feel like when you're putting, when you're putting a reliever into a situation with the inning already being a mess and the other team having all the momentum, it's not like it's a sure thing that they should be able to succeed in that situation. Yeah, but had Adovino started the inning, it would have been a lot different, I think. Yeah. So it's one of those things where this isn't this isn't the first time this season. Brandon, this isn't even the first time this week 
that we've either been screwed by this or almost screwed by this because he has done everything in his power to not use the bullpen since the all-star break. It's kind of mind boggling. I said it the other day, Matt Barnes and Adam Adovino did not pitch a game between the all-star break and the day before the Yankees, the final game against the Blue Jays before the Yankees series started. That was the first time that he they pitched a game. There was another, there was basically a series and a half in between times that the best relievers were used because he keeps pushing these guys seven, eight innings, even if they really didn't look 100% solid going into the last one. And I'm not 100% sure if I'm sold on this strategy. In theory, you're saving a lot of miles on that bullpen so that they're going to be better and in better shape going down the stretch in September, going into the postseason. Theoretically, it's a good place to start. However, you then go ahead and keep getting screwed by games like this, and it gets maddening. I, I am not gonna I'm not gonna point fingers. Happy we won. Still one of still probably my favorite Red Sox loss of all time. I'm not sure if you have one of you, Yankees one actually. I should ask you that next. Um, but one of my favorite Red Sox losses of all time, the 18 inning game in the World Series. Eddie Rodriguez probably not sh- shouldn't have stayed in the game as long as he did in that one. So it's that wasn't an Eddie start, was it? Was that the Eddie start? Um, I, it, it's irrelevant. I can't remember if it was game three or four he started. The hold on, I have it right here. The 18 inning game was started by Rick Porcello. Eddie came in for one out uh, in the fifth inning, and then he got pulled because he was due up next. Alex scored into a double switch. No, anyway, there there was there was a game. Anyway, I, either way, you get the picture. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. here. Oh, it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't the 18-inning game. Like, this isn't the, even the first time that in high-leverage situations, he's stuck with guys in very tricky spots during sections of the year where you don't have to worry about bullpen and health in the world series. It does not matter how many innings you've put on your bullpen. You just keep using them until the arms fall off at that point. But yeah, I mean, that's just something overall, again, another philosophy thing. It's like the anti version of Aaron Boone's can't pitch every third day. So everybody has these frustrations, but Brandon favorite Yankees boss. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it. I really don't know because, like, I don't know if I can pick a playoff loss. If I was to, like, is it bad to say the game, game... seven, two thousand four? Yeah, no, like, probably like game game seven of the O one series, two thousand four. No, game five, two thousand four. <laughs> All right, <laughs> no, um. Like, there's been games that I went to where the Yankees lost, and I was like, well, like, it was it was, it was was a valiant effort, but what are you going to do? Probably, I don't even know if I can say that, that first uh, Sunday night baseball game that we went to this year, because it was like, it was the ump, and it was also like, we just couldn't hit the whole night. So, I don't even know if, I, if it's that one. Oh, so, home run, though. Well, I should have caught a home run. If me and you were in... If, if I could track a foul ball, seats, if me and you were in this, were in the opposite seat, we I would have caught a home run. Possibly. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, full, no shame. 
I do not have the depth perception for fly balls. It's really quite bad. You should get some glasses. Brandon Washington. What? I said you should get your glasses on then. Brandon, well, I had my contacts in the, the week after. I completely whiffed on a foul ball at a baseball game, the, a high school baseball game we happened to both be at. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, that was pretty I, I bad. Just, no, that was I struggle. Bad. I don't know why I struggle so badly, but I try. I really do try. It just doesn't work out. All right. Um, the next game we, or the next series we want to talk about, Rays Indians. Tampa took the first uh, two games in this series. Yes. Actually, the, the, first, the first three games in this series. And Indians more. Yeah, LJ, how many had the Indians lost in a row at one point? 11 in a row, and they named themselves the Guardians in the middle. And they were 10 games above 500, and now and then they fell back. So they lost, I think they were over 10 games over 500, and then they fell to 48 and 48. But today they picked up a nice win to avoid the four-game sweep and now only sit uh, nine games back of the White Sox. So, you know, should uh, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, Jose Abreu all pass away? The Indians uh, have a pretty good chance uh, at the AL Central. <laughs> like, yeah, I think this was it expected? No. Could it have been expected? Yes. Like, I, I had a pretty good feeling that this was going to happen at some point. I wasn't expecting it to be right before the deadline, but at least they know where they're where they stand now, right? Like, this is definitely not a team that should be adding any pieces. Whereas 14 days ago, they were a fringe wildcard team. They could have really made the playoffs. So it's, it's disappointing for Indians fans. You had, you had a shot there, but this is pretty much the nail in the coffin. I can't see them buying anything at this point after this. But again, screw all of you. The Red Sox should be like three games up in this division right now if it weren't for James Karashak and... Scott Farkas or whoever that guy was that blew the save the other day. Can can we just appreciate though how long the Indians have really hung in this year with a fifty-four million dollar payroll? Like no. Max Scherzer makes forty-two million dollars, and the Indians' payroll is for, is fifty-four million. Yet they've mm-hmm. been able to hang in for this long. I mean, it really goes to show that. MLB free agency is a joke and you don't need to sign good and you don't need to sign players in free agency to be good. Brandon, this $54 million team just lost 11 games straight. Let's yes, but no, no, no. The point is that coming into the year, people were projecting them last in the AL central by a long shot because of how bad the team was projected to be. And they have hung in, like you said, two weeks ago, they were a fringe wildcard team. I do not think at the all-star break we would think Cleveland 
with that payroll and that team on opening day would be a fringe wild card team. No, but there's a lot of there's a lot of unexpected things that happen each year. But more so, that what matters more than the wild the trade deadline or the All Star break is the end of the season. And this yeah. at at minimum, this proves that they're not going to be anywhere close to sniffing wild card spot. So no. Also, I'm in a what have you done for me lately mood right now. Did they help us win the division at all? No. Did they change to the dumbest, most pointless name in sports? that I will keep, I will stand on my soapbox and scream for at least a couple more years. Bear with me. Um, Guardians are stupid again. Yeah, so they've just done everything. They, the point being, they have done everything in their power this week to piss me off. Did the Yankees beat the Indians in the 2020 and 2017 playoffs? Yes. There you go. All right. Uh, well, actually, kind of a good segue into the next segment that we have uh, regarding the Seattle Mariners, as they were linked to having interest in Jose Ramirez. Uh, and they seem to be really kicking the tires on just about all the everyone here. Uh, LJ, kind of similar to how the Toronto Blue Jays were this offseason. Seattle's just kind of poking around, interested in everyone, just trying to see what's what's going on because they're in a situation where they have a really good farm system. They've actually had some of those players come up within the last couple of years and still have a lot more coming to the point where they can afford to trade away some of those guys and add more of these actual good pieces to where they could try to compete in two, three years' times for a playoff spot. And I don't think that, that that's very unreasonable, especially with how the team has played this year. So, yeah, LJ, I think that I, I actually think that Seattle is right uh, for a change in trying to be buyers here and just, you know, see what you can get. See if you can get a guy that still has a bit of service time left, you know? Brandon, I am going to challenge your claim that they'll be a playoff team in two to three years. Uh, saying if they were to buy, if they were to go and make the right moves here, yes. If they were to buy, they're a playoff team next year. If they do this right, they are a playoff team next year. I've honestly, you know, sitting here looking at the schedule as we do this podcast, I'm selling myself more and more on Seattle and on Kleenex with every every minute because. The two guys that we've been look, linked to, I mean, they're kicking the tires, of course, on a lot of people. However, the two guys they have become heavily, heavily linked to, one less so is Jose Ramirez, but that would be a no-brainer deal. If you could get that done, you do it. But the other is Whit Merrifield. If you add Whit Merrifield in place of Dylan Moore, and then you take, of course, Jose Ramirez, there's, there's, there's a pretty clear spot for him seeing their former GM while he was at the Bell, Bellevue Beauregard sunny, sunshine, sunny day side daycare bed and breakfast rotary club meeting decided to say that there is a hundred percent, no chance that Kyle Seeger returns to this team next year. There's going to be a pretty clear opening at third base. So overall, I think, they would be fools if they could get it done without giving up Kleenex, without giving up Julio Rodriguez. They would be dumb to not 
do everything in their power to acquire both of them. Because if you put Whit Merrifield on this roster alongside Jose Ramirez, alongside Mitch Hanniger, alongside Kleenex and Rodriguez, and then you look over on the pitching side, they're starting to find some really good guys there. I think if you focus on finding these guys that can be long-term pieces in the lineup at this deadline while you have the opportunity, you can then focus all of your efforts in the offseason on developing the rest of the veteran part of the pitching staff. And bada-bing, bada-boom, you have a playoff team. How about my guy, Kyle Lewis? Everyone always forgets about him. Yeah, he just tore his meniscus, I think, a couple weeks ago, and he'll be out for quite an extended amount of time. But this guy won the Rookie of the Year in 2020. No one ever talks about him. Everyone is always overshadowed. He's he's always going to be overshadowed by these two outfield prospects that the Mariners have. When this guy's actually came up, and showed that he can do it on the field. I mean, when you think of a potential outfield of Jared Kellenick, Julio Rodriguez, Kyle Lewis, and your fourth outfielder is maybe Taylor Trammell, I mean, they're all projected to be very good outfielders there. That's that's a really, really nice outfield you got there. Logan Gilbert, LJ, I think the stat I brought up about him the other day, Seattle has won the last 14 games that he pitched. That's their first round pick from three years ago. He's only 24 years old. I mean, things are really looking up for this team. The fact that they're still above 500 at this point in the year, exactly 100 games in, and they're 54 and 46. I mean, props to what they have done this year because who would have thought that they would really be contending? And look, they have a terrible offense. They can't really, uh, they don't have the greatest starters. But their bullpen has been good enough, and they just get wins. Like, they they just win close games. And, LJ, I absolutely agree. If they can get one of those deals done, I mean, remember, they were interested in Adam Frazier. They're certainly looking to add an infielder. I mean, that's for sure. That's for sure. If they can get a Jose Ramirez deal done, this is one of the most fun teams in the league in a few years, if not right now. Yeah, honestly, again, it's the no-brainer to add, if you're Seattle right now, those types of pieces. And at the same time, keep this expectation in the back of your mind. I will be calling them an idiot if they add anyone who's on an expiring deal. If it is not somebody that you have control over for at least another year, two years after this, then you should not be making that deal. If you don't have somebody who's reasonably signed after next year, you should not be making that deal. Any move right now should be adding guys that are still going to be in their prime within the next couple of years that you also have control over, because that's how you're going to be able to build towards success next year. All right. We've got about time for one more segment here, and it is probably the biggest rumor of the day. And that is the fact that the New York Mets, that's right. The New York Mets are interested in acquiring star pitcher for the Washington Nationals, Max Scherzer. I'm going to kick off with giving my thoughts on this. It will not happen. I really could not see Washington, who still has aspirations of being a playoff team in the next couple of years. Of course, they want to get everything they can out of Juan Soto as he gets further and further towards his prime. So, 
and Trey Turner as well, of course. So you have two, uh, you have a really strong core on this team. You want to be able to make the playoffs in the next couple of years. The last thing you want to do is give the second best pitcher in the division away to the team that also has the first best pitcher in the division. Or I'm sorry, third best pitcher also has the first best pitcher. Forgot about Zach Wheeler. Um, but still, you, you get you get the point. That that deal, I think, no matter what they give them, I don't think it's enough for Washington to take this. However, in a perfect world, pretend they're in two separate divisions. Brandon, what do you think of this deal? This idea. I mean, we've seen the Mets go all in before. Sure, would they go over the luxury tax this year? Yeah. I mean, would it be worth it? I mean, probably, right? I mean, when you're top starters, I mean, they just traded for Rich Hill. But when your starters in a playoff series are Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, Taiwan Walker, Max Scherzer, Rich Hill, I mean, you you have a chance to win the World Series. That's and that's not a question. I mean, that's absolutely a World Series winning rotation. Mm-hmm. And how often do we see pitching carry teams in the playoffs? If you can shut down that that other team, hold them to one or two runs through seven innings, more than likely you're going to win that game. I mean, and the Mets certainly have the offensive pieces to be able to compete in the playoffs as well. So. You know, this is going to be an interesting week for the Mets. They play five games against uh, Atlanta, including a doubleheader tomorrow and then games Tuesday through uh, Thursday. So, yeah, you know, we'll absolutely have to see. I don't think it's happening. It was just a rumor. Of course, we hear this stuff all the time, all these different random players. But it would be that that would break baseball for a little bit. And to see a playoff series like in the DS to meet the Mets in the NLDS, whether it's Padres or whatever NL West team that is, those it'd pitching probably, matchups. So it'd probably end up being the Brewers. It would end up being the Brewers. Assuming the, Gi- assuming the Giants take the, the one seed. Yeah, end, oh my God. Mets, Brewers. The Brewers. Even still imagine what the pitching matchups are going to be with, with be no better. Max Scherzer. With, with, with no Max Scherzer. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Please, just for the entertainment value of that one series, I beg you. And that's a series the Mets, I think, probably end up winning because the pitching staffs are comparable. The bullpens aren't comparable, but the starters are so comparable. And overall, outside of William Thomas, they haven't found a lot of, they haven't created much more offense on that Milwaukee side. But you've got the potential for a DeGrom versus Woodruff and a Scherzer versus Burns back-to-back nights in the playoffs. I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah, and how about that series we just saw, Brewers and the White Sox, where it was pretty much all-star pitching matchups in every game, which was very, very cool to see. But, uh, yeah, LJ, I think that – that's about all we had for today. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. Check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Play the trivia game on our Twitter, all at MLB Daily Pod. 
and uh, check out the other shows on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.